What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Evans, joined, as always, by David Lake. This is like the fourth or fifth uh, podcast episode we've done this week, but some big news happened on Thursday. You all know that Miami landed a five-star defensive tackle in Leonard Taylor, uh, but the Hurricanes also got word that star defensive end, Greg Russo, is going to opt out of the 2020 season. So we're going to get into that. Also going to talk about the schedule now that we have some finalized dates. Uh, before we get into that, David, how uh, how you doing, man? Yeah, doing good. The, uh, the season's here. Uh, we're recording this Friday afternoon. Miami is set to hold their first practice of camp tonight, Friday night. So, yeah, you're right. Um, this I feel like we have done a ton of podcasts this week. Um, not a bad thing. I, I love talking Miami Hurricanes football, especially these days. It's it's nice to have football around the corner. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. So Greg Russo, um, he's going pro, man. Are yeah. you are you surprised? I mean, I guess we talked about this on one of these episodes how he was an opt out candidate. Um, sure. you know, I th- think Miami just kind of my, me, the, the, the thought or the feeling I got from some of the people I talk with is they thought he was going to play. Uh, and I guess if, if you were on the zoom call with Manny Diaz on Thursday, you kind of got that impression too, just kind of how that played out. Yeah. So that was interesting. Um, the very first question Manny was asked on Thursday afternoon was, you know, just a basic kind of state of the union type question where, um, you know, are any guys opting out of this season? Are any guys injured or going to miss, you know, the first practice on Friday due to any other reasons? And Manny, you know, he gave a broad answer, uh, just, you know, basically saying we expect all all of our guys, everyone to be out there for the first practice. So, you know, you would assume that that means, you know, Greg Russo is good to go, good to play. So, um, you know, during the court, Manny then did a 30 minute press conference after that. And when it was time for the press conference to wrap up, he, Manny said, hold on, wait, I gotta, I gotta say something now. And, you know, he kind of said he had just been told during that press conference that Greg Rousseau would be opting out of the season. So, um, you know, I guess if you believe Manny, he just found out during that 30 minutes. And, you know, I'll take Manny at his word in that regard. Um, but definitely tough news for Manny to get, for the Hurricanes to get. Um, what is your take on how big of a deal this is. Cause I think we might have somewhat of a differing opinion. <laughs> um, I, so I did like a radio interview this morning and I was like, call me crazy, but I don't think this is like a super monster panic situation type loss. Like if there's one yeah. position, I guess if you're Miami, it's like, all right, defensive end, like you can afford, to maybe lose a guy just because of what 
Miami has in the roster. I mean, look, they brought in Quincy Roche, the Temple grad transfer, who was the American Athletic Conference defensive uh, player of the year last year. Uh, so, right. I mean, it's looking so much more and more smart getting him. Yeah. Um, then you already have Jafari Harvey, a top 24-7 recruit. Some people in our industry thought he was a five-star. I mean, that was a guy we thought was going to play last year. He He's right there. And then I think the one everyone kind of forgets about is Jalen Phillips, former right. number one player in the country. I mean, who me and you, we stood next to each other at practice back in the spring. We're like, dude, this guy is freaky um and he looked like a russo so i think there's some numbers there um so it's not the end of the world and i know i texted you this and you were kind of like you know you didn't respond so maybe (laughs) maybe maybe you didn't agree with me but like i I mean like look this is this sucks if you're miami at the same time though like greg's not going to go out there and be a bust now and and like did i think that was going to happen no but there was a chance he could have you know hurt his stock and fell into the second or third round Look, now Miami is going to have a homegrown guy go in the top 10. When is the last time they've had one of those picks? So all the sure. people, you know, when we get to NFL draft season that are saying, nope, you know, Miami's not the Miami of old. Nope, no first-round draft picks. Well, now we know at least that they're going to get the benefits of having a first-round draft pick if, if that counts. Sure. So that's kind of where I stand on it. I mean, look, it sucks. Um, what do you say? So, yeah, I, I agree with you in the sense that it's not the end of the world, right? Like, yes, it's not the, the biggest, biggest deal that uh, Greg Rousseau has opted out. But I do think it's fair to say it matters. And I do think it's fair to say, in my opinion, it, it does have a dramatic impact on the team, both this year and in the future. Now, why do I say that? I think, you know, for the, the reasons you just named with the guys that Miami still has, when Greg Rousseau is stacked on top of them, Miami has an elite yeah. edge rush, elite, elite, elite. Now you take him out and it's, you know, it is very good. So you go from elite to very good. I think that matters. Um, I think it matters in the future too, because now, you know, Manny Diaz and the defensive coaching staff is kind of pushed in a position to have to do some roster management potentially. Um, and, and look, this might be an issue with COVID no matter what, if Greg Rousseau's on the roster or not, but this potentially thrusts some guys into the playing rotation that are young that you would have rather had redshirted. So you know, if Greg Rousseau is on the roster, there's no chance probably that Chance Williams, who's a, you know, a talented true freshman defensive end, sees the field. Chance Williams probably red shirts and, you know, gets a, gets a crack at the playing rotation next year as a red shirt freshman. With this move, you know, Chance Williams is on that bubble of, you know, is he going to play? Is he going to red shirt? Um, so, yeah, I mean, if he does play, then, you know, that's kind of like a burned red shirt, and, and who knows oh. how that would play out. Um, oh, I, 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 get, I get what you're saying with that. Like, I, I knew someone – I was waiting for – not you, but, like, someone on the message board, and maybe someone has. I mean, there's been so much threads. Like, I haven't had a time to kind of dig into all of them. Um, 
I, I don't think this shoots like Chance Williams into the depth chart, but no, Cam Williams, man, like, is he going to be yeah. a guy? Well, that's the thing. Like, it's another thing. Cam Williams, I'm a fan of Cam Williams, right? Like, I, I like his skill set and what he brings to the table, but I would much rather him uh, be in the playing rotation next year than this year. Right. So what does that mean for his development? I think you, you can say the same. Basically what we're talking about is that fourth defensive end. Like who's it going to be? Jason Blissett, um, you know, he, he's shed some body weight. Uh, definitely looks like a defensive end now, so that's good. And he was always a plus athlete at defensive tackle. But now he, you know, like Cam Williams, he's in the position where he has, you know, he's going to probably see the field as a redshirt freshman this year. Um, and again, is that I, the ideal timetable for guys like that to be on the field this year? Probably not. But again, we're, we're, dissect, we're dissecting the fourth defensive end. Does that yeah. really matter? Or right. is, is this just, you know, super duper nerdy Miami Hurricanes football talk, which, <laughs> which it is. But um, this, is a, this is a roster management podcast. <laughs> we kind of have to like talk about it. I mean, we do. Ultimately, you know, does losing Greg Rousseau uh, mean a win or loss for Miami? I would probably say no. I do think the only position where, you know, you lose a starter and that means wins and losses is probably quarterback, right? But I will say, you know, defensive end is the second most important position in football. And Miami had arguably, I mean, I would say inarguably, but arguably the the best defensive end in the country going into this year. And now they don't have that guy. So I think basically my answer is just gray area, right? Like it does matter that Miami lost Greg Rousseau, no doubt. But as you alluded to, they definitely have talent, intriguing talent. Uh, I think it's worth noting most of that talent. We still don't know what we got yet, but I think we do believe in it. Um, you know, to step in for, for that missing production that Greg Rousseau leaves behind now. I also think this should be brought up. Like, this might be the tip of the iceberg in yes. terms of guys opting out. Like, Well, around the country. Right. right? right yeah, like, I don't – I was thinking about it. Like, I don't think there's many other – pretty much anyone else on, on Miami's roster that's in a position where it's like uh, – I, I mean, aside from health reasons, and we should bring up the fact that Greg – uh, I just put out a statement where he said that his, his mother is a nurse and she's on right. the front lines and, and she, right. you know, he, she understands the risk. Um, you know, I, I think maybe there's a chance someone on Miami's roster doesn't want to play for, for certain health reasons, but there's no one in his position that is going to just be like, all right, I'm, I'm not going to play. I, I'll roll the dice and I think I have a chance of being selected. I know Brevin Jordan, I think someone fans maybe tweeted yeah. at him. He said he's going to play, but it's not like Mike Harley is just going to go pro or right. so my, King. my feeling, my sense is like the star, star, star players, like the top 1% or maybe even the top half percent of college football, I would expect to opt out like Greg Rousseau did. Right. And, and one, one crazy thing to think about, I mean, it's either, it's a debate between either Micah Parsons or Greg Rousseau in terms of like, the biggest stars to opt out so far, right? I, 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 and I know we're in 
the Miami market, but I do think that Greg is the biggest one so yeah. far. No, that I got agree. the most that got the most reaction, right? Yes. I mean, Greg Rousseau is the biggest star to opt out. And so now you you gotta look at who are the stars bigger than Greg that are still playing. You know, as of now, it seems like Clemson's Trevor Lawrence, Ohio State's Justin Field, the two quarterbacks are, are gonna play. But um, you know, look, the whole I think one theme we all have to get comfortable with. Uh, this college football season is just uncertainty right. and, and adaptability because who knows what tomorrow is going to look like in, in, in a lot of ways, what, you know, what players you have available, uh, what players are, you know, going to opt in, opt out, et cetera. So uh, if, you, if, I, you, if I was predicting like, is Trevor Lawrence going to play? Like, I don't, I don't understand why he would at like yeah. from a, from a pure business decision, Greg Rousseau made the right call. Like there is no doubt and, about it. And there's a, a and, uh, speaking of Clemson, Travis Etney, the running back, a lot of people yes. are saying, why is he going to play? Right. I mean, and we've seen at Clemson yesterday, you know, Xavier Thomas, who is probably their best defensive end. Um, you know, the plan right now is to quote unquote redshirt him. They're going to use that redshirt rule where the plan would be, you know, play him in the final four games of the season because I guess he's been dealing with COVID symptoms and strep throat and, you know, has gained weight, I guess, as well. I don't know about you, Andrew, but, you know, I, I think that sounds like a good plan, you know, in August, but let's say November rolls around, you know, if they are playing in November and, you know, then it's time to go play four games, you know, as Xavier Thomas, like, why would he? Like, why not just take the year off and take a red shirt or just, you know, move on to the NFL draft too. So, you know, like I said, my, my main point is just uncertainty with this season. Um, this was kind of our first taste of it, I think, with the Miami Hurricanes football team this year. Um, but well, well, here, I don't think it's going to be the last thing. Here's what I, people are like, oh, it was such an up and down day for Miami. It's like, are fans really faulting Greg for doing this? I, I think some I are. Yeah. I don't understand that line of thinking or people being like, uh, you know, this day sucked. It's like, okay. Well, I mean, this is kind of the norm right now in sports. Like, I, I get it. He's right. your star player, but I mean, you had to have thought this was a possibility. Right. I mean, you know, from a fan's perspective, I can understand the disappointment, right? Because your team isn't going to be as good as it would have been with Greg Rousseau. But Greg Rousseau has to think about his future, think about right. his himself. And But it's not like, I just want to point out, this is different than a guy uh, leaving school early and not getting drafted. Like he is right now mock drafts, top 10 picks. So I just think that's the difference. Right. I mean, you know, things started trending this week and, and you definitely were kind of, at the forefront, like you put the idea in my head, to be honest, like I hadn't really considered Greg's going to do it. But once the uh, Minnesota receiver, receiver Rashad Bateman did it, you were kind of like, you know, all right, let's see what Greg does. Um, yeah. And, and uh, you know, it's just the start, like you're saying, like in terms of national college football stars, we're going to see more of it, definitely. Do you think uh, Manny and the rest of the staff are like – 
I mean, I, I, I know they're all happy for uh, Greg and all that, but are they sitting there like, damn, why did we only play him 10 snaps against North, <laughs> North Carolina? Like they did not get the full Greg yeah. Russo experience, right? Well, that's the crazy thing because, I mean, Greg does have some detractors out there in terms of NFL draft experts. Like I don't think Mel Kuyper's necessarily super high on him. Uh, well, D- Daniel, Daniel Jeremiah said it's the best guy he scouted in 2021. I think he tweeted that yesterday. So, I mean, to that, to like, if you were going to talk to Mel Kuyper though, you would tell him like, look, man, the guy was a backup for the first, you know, basically four or five games of the season um, and basically played backup snaps. And he still ended the year with 15 and a half sacks. Um, I honestly think if Greg had played this year, he would have broken Miami's single season sack record, which yeah. was 17. Uh, I, I think he was going to have a monster year and definitely validate that top 10, top five projection that a lot of the early mock drafts have for him. Um, so it's disappointing, but look, I think we should say this too, right, Andrew? Like Greg Rousseau is, he's not only just like a unique uh, player as a defensive end with his length and size and athleticism. He's a unique story. Just, you know, the way he, what he, what he looked like when he arrived at Miami, what he played in high school, you know, being a safety slash linebacker slash receiver in high school. And, and also just his personality. Like he's a guy that's, that's a good dude, genuinely works hard. And, and, you know, he's going to be successful in the NFL in my yeah. mind, there's, there's no doubt. And, you very know, marketable, very marketable. And I think, you know, I understand the initial disappointment from Miami hurricanes fans with, with him opting out. But in the end, I think you all should definitely cheer him on uh, moving forward in his career. Like, like I said, I, I mean, in if they don't move the NFL draft, like he's going to be a huge storyline in, in March and April. And yeah, all of that stuff. Um, let's let's take a break on the other side. Get into this schedule. Uh, that's that's what we'll do. Okay. Picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, David, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't really like studied or dug much into uh, Miami's 2020 schedule now that the dates are out. Yeah. Um, you know, Thursday was... Hectic for me with the Leonard Taylor thing. Honestly, uh, I don't know if this ever happens to you. Like I wrote 600 word story, lost it, uh, had to rewrite that. And, you know, I just, I just haven't, haven't had a time. And then the Russo stuff happened. So give me, 
and I know you wrote about on the site, just like, what are the big takeaways from how this schedule is set up? Honestly, I think it lays out pretty well. Um, you know, we, we already knew who the opponents would be from that initial, uh, you know, schedule dump that the ACC had the previous week when we found out who the teams would be and whether those teams would be home or away. And so the only thing we had to find out, you know, after that was the order and the dates of those games, right? So Thursday we found that out. And if you're Miami, I think you're pretty happy with how it's all laid out. Um, so Miami opens with they, – they have kept UAB on the schedule for a Thursday night game um, on September 10th. So I think that's going to be important from the standpoint of it, it's a, you know, quote-unquote tune-up game for the new offense. It'll be a – Entire country is going to be watching. That's probably going to be one of the only ones on TV, right? That's fair. I didn't even think of that. But yeah, so they'll, they'll have everyone watching. Uh, Derek King, it's going to be a chance for him to, you know, get in rhythm with, with his new offensive teammates, Rhett Lashley as well. Um, so that's why that game's going to be big. And, and look, I mean, I'm not going to act like Miami shouldn't win comfortably over UAB, but UAB has some NFL level talent on its roster, which we'll get into as we get closer to that game. Uh, then they start, so they get nine game, nine days after that to prepare for the road trip to Louisville. Um, which again, I think that's a nice little ramp up. Uh, you go from UAB to Louisville. Louisville is, is certainly dangerous. They have an offense that definitely Miami needs to take seriously. Their defense will see. Um, and then you get in-state rival Florida State at home, right? Um, and, and I think it is better to probably get Florida State early because they're still going to be working their way through this early stages of the Mike Norvell era, the coaching transition and whatnot. Um, and then you get Clemson as the fourth game, but you do get a bye week to prepare for Clemson. And so, you know, hypothetically – Miami will probably be, or they, ha they will have a good chance to be 3-0 and going into that Clemson game, um, which they will have a bye week to prepare for. And, you know, look, when Miami is, is dialed in and focused and, uh, you know, preparing at a high level and, and have confidence, they, they come out swinging and we'll see how that Clemson game goes. You know, Clemson should should handle them, but I think you it's fair to give Miami a puncher's chance if the offense does come together. Um, you know, and then look, the ten game ACC schedule it's going to be harder than a typical schedule, right? Because there's just more Power Five games uh, that than usual than it, than a Miami schedule usually has. So. Just running through it quick, Pittsburgh, Virginia, then it's a bye week, then it's NC State, sorry, at NC State, at Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, at Wake Forest, and then they close with North Carolina, which I, which I found kind of interesting, and, you know, if I'm going to read too much into things, I kind of read that as the ACC thinks 
North Carolina and Miami might be battling it out potentially for one of those two ACC championship game spots. Um, so that could be a fun game to wrap the season with. Um, you know, overall, I don't necessarily think the ACC like gave Miami a tough two or three game stretch. Like uh, they didn't, they didn't stack Clemson, North Carolina, Virginia tech on top of each other in consecutive weeks. Probably the, the toughest back-to-back stretch in my opinion is at Clemson and then hosting Pittsburgh in October. I think Pittsburgh is a team that, um, you know, has some, sleeper potential because I think their defense is going to be really, really good this year. And they have a veteran quarterback um, that we've all seen now for, it feels like 20 years at <laughs> Pittsburgh and, and Kenny Pickett. So those were just kind of my first impression. What about you? Like, like, as you glance at it, do you think it's a relatively friendly schedule? Um, well, I'll say this, like, I don't think we should just chalk UAB up as, Fair. Win. I mean, let's go over the past couple uh, group of five games for Miami. Central Michigan was almost a disaster. Maybe that was kind of a foreshadow of what was to come last season. Fair. Uh, FIU and then Louisiana Tech. So I don't think we should just pencil in UAB as like, and I'll oh, say this. UAB is better than all those teams, to your point. Right, right. And I mean, you know, my Florida Atlantic Owls whooped up on them in the Conference USA Championship game last year when I was there. Um, but you know, they do, they do have some talent. Um, so I think that's a good, it's a winnable game. It's a tune up. Like I said, a lot of the country is going to be watching. It is, it will probably be one of the only games on TV. I I mean, these schedules, I, I, I honestly think these schedules are going to get shuffled around. Um, but it, it, it should be, it should be fun. I'm a little concerned about week two at Louisville. Um, Like, go back to last season. Yes, Miami absolutely manhandled Louisville's defense. And I know Bud Elliott, when we had him on, he doesn't think Louisville's unit's that good. I just, not like a trap game, but I think that's a game where that could, Miami could definitely, you know, yes, uh, stub its toe on the, on the door or something like that. Like, that's going to be, that has the makings, uh, in my eyes, to be an all-out shootout. So, um, yes. that, that, that one... And, and it's on the road, uh, I think it's just a little concerning. You know, something, I guess we should assume that there's not going to be a lot of fans at these games, but like Friday night at NC State, that's not an easy place to play. I mean, Correct. Um, I, you know, before I covered Notre Dame, I used to cover preps in North Carolina, uh, and sometimes I, w- I would go and cover NC State games. I remember they played Florida State one year. Like, that place gets yes. rowdy. And I would assume, you know, we're only going to see 20, 20% occupancy or anything like that. But I-, I thought that was interesting. And just the fact that they got to go NC State, Virginia Tech, uh, back-to-back weeks, those are, those are kind of difficult um, road trips. But we, like we said when this whole thing first came out, like Miami's going to have a chance at Clemson – early on in the season and look man if if trevor lawrence or travis etney if one of those guys were to opt out um you know i I think that only increases miami's chances of uh taking them down tell me this so clemson's clearly the best team on miami's schedule that the toughest matchup too what would you what 
you know, taking everything into account, the roster, the talent, you know, whether it's home or away, where it is on the schedule, what do you feel like is the second toughest game North for, Carolina. for Miami? Okay. Well, I know I, I, I'm going second toughest game. Uh, yes. Louisville. I think, at, I think at Louisville, like we'll know right then and there what the 2020 version of, of Miami is. So I say that. I think with the North Carolina game, um, you know, I'm, I'm a little pissed off that's being – if I'm a Miami fan, I'm pissed that's being played December 5th. Like I would want it that might not be played or what, what do you say in there? Well, I mean, it's not going to be hot and muggy like it would be right. in, uh, I mean, October. When was it originally scheduled supposed to be in like October or something? Yeah. October, mid October. Like, does that, does that matter? No, but you know, it's a lot different two months later down here in, in South Florida. And, you know, at that point, I think Miami, you know, both teams have a, the potential to be a little bit dinged up. I think if you're Miami, you would love to play them at full strength um especially yeah. just kind of maybe looking to see if a guy went down in miami secondary or, or something like that and you know i think sam howell's a a pretty good quarterback but i get why they set it up i just i don't know but you could also argue like look at the past couple of years and miami seems to lose focus later on in the season when games you think they should win right. so you can look right. at it that way i mean they know right now hey in december we play north carolina I agree. Like, I do agree with you that Louisville will be good. I just, I don't, I don't believe in their defense like that. Like, but you're telling me you can't see like a 45, 41, just shoot out. That is Louisville's path to winning. No doubt. Like Louisville needs to make that thing a shootout. Um, So, I mean, we'll see if, if Miami's defense is up to that, up to that challenge, because I have no doubts that Louisville's offense is going to be legit. I just, when I look at their defense, I don't see the personnel. Like that's that's where I'm coming from. Yeah. Like I just I just oh, don't see the guys. But I mean, when I was when I was down on the field last year, uh, like uh, you know when you do photos, you stand around like on the sidelines. You're like this right. is this is their guys. It was pretty underwhelming. And I thought the same thing about Georgia Tech, to be honest. Sure. No. I mean, look, we've seen like again to your point. Like my last year, Miami lost two teams way worse than what Louisville will be this year. So I'm by, I'm by no means saying it's an easy win for Miami. Um, I, I would probably go at Virginia Tech as the toughest other game. Simply, I mean, in my opinion, it's either Virginia Tech or North Carolina. I go Virginia Tech just because it's on the road. Um, yeah. Well, are you, a, are you a Hendon Hooker truther? I'm not, to be honest. I don't... <laughs> Are you? I don't really like him, but I do think he is annoying in that, like, I don't think he's a very good passer, right? But I think he knows that, and so he doesn't necessarily force balls. And if, if the pass isn't there, you know, it's kind of like the Felipe Franks thing at Florida. If the pass isn't there, he's a big, strong fall, three yards forward after the tackle type of quarterback that just pecks you to death during the course of a game. And you look at the final stat line and he's run for, you know, 80 yards on 20 carries and picked up six first downs with his legs. And I, well, I that type of quarterback gives Miami issues. I was going to say that's the Achilles heel for Miami's over aggressive, speedy defense. Like right. these are, he's the thorn in, in, in the side. 
Um, no, I just think it's like Charles Power, who I had on the we had on the podcast a, a few weeks ago. Like he's a big Hendon Hooker guy, and I'm in this deep fantasy uh, dynasty <laughs> league with like develop developmental players, and like someone drafted Hendon Hooker as like you know one of your guys whenever he makes it. I'm like, is this guy really going to make the NFL? And who knows? Uh, two years from now, I can look like an idiot on this podcast saying this, but I just I'm with you. I don't know. I, I think he's fine. I think, like I said, the well, thing with him is it's just like he's annoying. Yeah. I just think you got to be a good passer to play in the NFL. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't see NFL at all. But can he be a good college player? Yeah, he can be. Um, um, let's uh, – anything else, like, from the press conferences you wanted to talk about? I, I did want to bring up the fact that this all happened on Wednesday, which I think is a real notable news – Miami's top quarterback target or one of the top ones, Jake Garcia, um, the USC commit, he announced, or Greg Biggins at at 24-7 Sports reported that Jake Garcia is going to play his senior season at Valdosta High in Georgia. Um, So he's moving across the country for that. I think that's kind of notable, man, Uh, getting him out of L.A. Road trip. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it is notable. Look, uh, I think it's fair to say, though, like as of today, as of right now, Miami still has a ways to go before anything is real, correct? Yeah, no, yeah. Um, And as I was working out today, I was thinking about this. You know, me and you in that emergency podcast with Leonard Taylor were kind of comparing the 2018 recruiting class to the 2020, and you brought up, well, they got to get a quarterback. They got to get a quarterback. And then I remembered in the 2018 class, yeah, like Miami yeah. didn't get Jaron Williams till real late. So correct. No, I mean, I look, just, it's all there for Manny. If things go well this season, I think that improves your chance to get a guy like Jake Garcia, who's now what seven hour drive away. So, um, you know, it, again, we, we've been saying this all off season. It's all lining up for Manny. We're starting to see, uh, some of that come true on the recruiting trail with recent five-star additions. And, and to get a quarterback, Miami has to play well on the field this season. Derek King needs to be productive in this new offense. And if that happens, then yeah, I, I'm, you know, I think everyone's going to start looking at Valdosta and Jake Garcia and wondering if Miami's got a chance to flip them. Oh, I think, I think they do. I mean, I, I, do not believe in just talking with some college coach contacts and listening to other people inside the 24 seven sports company. Like it seems like no one thinks that college coaches will be out on the road anytime soon. Right. So, you know, everyone loves to, and even I wrote this, like Miami recruits Georgia really well. Uh, Valdosta will play Lowndes at some point this season. Lowndes is where three star, Edge rusher uh, Thomas Davis is, is committed. The, the Miami commit, um, so it it'll be it'll be interesting. I I, I will throw in this uh, this nice little tidbit. Uh oh, <laughs> I'm ready. Uh, Miami definitely knew about this move before it happened, and I oh. I'll just I'll just kind of leave it at that. So they're talking. Okay. Yeah. I see what you did there. Yeah. I mean, look, I do it. Our official visits or visits, either way, like can kids go to the campuses? Can coaches go to kids? Is that going to happen this fall? I mean, probably not, right? Let's just be real. Um, 
But it is worth pointing out, and we've pointed this out before, like Jake Garcia has been to UM's campus. Now, Dan Enos was the OC back then, but he has at least seen the campus, seen the facilities. He's familiar with the area somewhat, like he's seen it. Um, you know, it, unless it is Jake Garcia, you know, Miami's going to probably be chasing other quarterbacks as well as, as the timeline progresses. And there's a good chance a lot of those quarterbacks have never been to Miami. So that's definitely something to remember with, with Miami's pursuit of Jake Garcia, I think. Um, all right, let's wrap this thing up. I do want to give a quick shout out uh, to my, my, my friend, Jason Robert, who actually big fan of the podcast sent me and you yeah. um, these hypervolt uh, yeah, like massage guns. I, I guess that's how you would, you would describe it. Uh, I've been using it now for like the past two weeks. You know, I'm a big CrossFit Same. runner guy. And let me tell you, it is uh, super nice. And I like, you can it works. turn it up. Yeah. Like it, it, for active recovery, it's awesome. So uh, he, he, he sent it to me and you uh, yes. for free. So this was like, not even like a paid advertisement, but uh, no, thank just you so to give, much. Yeah, I just wanted to give them a shout out uh, if we can. David, what do you got coming up on the site um, this weekend? Yeah, so I, I did write an article about, you know, next man up, uh, you know, in terms of how does Miami try to replace Greg Rousseau, um, you know, just beyond, you know, the young body, the young bodies to know. I think there is some creative things uh, the, the coaching staff can do uh, to try and generate a pass rush this, this season. Uh, you know, I'll just tease it. Like, for instance, I think Sam Brooks is a guy to think about as a blitzer, right? Sam Brooks, probably the favorite to be a weak side linebacker uh, in this season. But at the high school level, he was a, a defensive end. So that had 16 and a half sacks, I think, his senior year at Miami Northwestern. So you know, he has some pass rushing ability. Uh, Miami does like to blitz their linebackers. I think, you know, we might potentially see more blitzing uh, from the back seven, you know, to try and, because you're not going to replace Greg Russo with one player, but can you do it? Can you re replace that production with creativity in other ways? I think so. And so I kind of try and go into that uh, with this article. Also too, you know, we're going to get availability with the coaches after the practices Friday and Saturday night. So we'll have updates there on the site inside the U.com. And, uh, you know, I I'm sure I I'll have other ideas I'm going to crank on as well. Yeah. Uh, Miami could pick up a commitment Friday night. So depending on when you're listening to this, could have happened, could have, could, uh, could, could, good news could be on the way. Uh, Brandon Cleveland, a, uh, 2022 defensive tackle he's announcing Miami uh, and Florida State the finalist I, I put in a crystal ball pick for Miami on, on Friday morning uh, and who knows there could be more news on the way with recruiting it never really stopped so uh, we will talk to you guys hopefully next week take care